Turn your books, your Bibles, to the book of Philippians. Amen, and say amen when you're there. The book of Philippians, and say amen when you're there. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. And I want to minister where God began to put upon my heart. I was reading His Word. And I, I've been reading a book. And I, I really, I, I was going to preach a certain sermon this morning, but I'm still working on it, so it's a, it's a sermon in, in, in work. But I did get a lot of uh, God begin to really help me and encourage me as I'm reading this book. I'm reading a book on women who take prescription drugs and how it's doing something to women's minds. And I'm not going to minister on that prescription drugs part, but I am going to minister something that I thought was pretty profound when I read in this. Give me a second here. Amen. I always time myself. I don't want to preach forever. Amen. And I was reading this book, and what I thought was profound, it began to show me how unique the woman's brain really is. And I'm telling you, as I begin to read this book, I have had a better understanding of how my wife thinks. And I'm not done. I'm going to preach another sermon dealing with women's emotions. But I wanted to think about, as I begin to read this book, it's talking about in this book... I'm going to tell you the, 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 the title of the book is kind of, uh, you know, it's kind of vulgar. It's called Moody, you know, Bees, okay? And, and that's the name of the book that I'm reading, and it's written by a woman, so don't be worried, women. And she is a doctor who is dealing with women who are coming into her, uh, her clinic, and she's dealing with them on prescribed drugs, and she's saying how prescription drugs is changing the way women think or their nature, how a woman really acts. And one of the things I began to read in the book I thought was pretty uh, profound, they said the woman has more of an ability to be more sensitive than men. Now, is that a revelation for some of you? I don't think so that some of the drugs that these women take that are uh, antidepressants, what it's doing to the women, it's making them more like men. One of the women said she saw a woman crying, and when she saw that woman crying in herself, she says, man, you know, I feel, I'm glad I'm not that girl. And she says she thought to herself, I wonder, this is how men think. Because men are not sympathetic. If you be honest, men do have empathy. Yes, men do cry if they lose their dog. But most men are not sympathetic. They're not sensitive because God did not make them in that way. But women have such an ability and they have such sympathy for people and they move. And women think with their emotions as men think not with their emotions. And in this book, one thing I thought was very profound, that there is a part of the woman's brain that's bigger than the men. And all the women said, amen. That the women have the ability to have memory like no other. In other words, men have good memory. They're, you know, some of the memorized champions in the world are men. But women have the ability to remember, not by just their intellect, but they remember because how they felt at that moment. In other words, women think with their emotions and they remember through their emotions. 
No, I always wonder why I always pray for people where they're at the healing crusade. I'm, we're praying for women and they come up there. And sometimes I, they deal with the same issues that I've seen women deal with continually. And literally it's because women have a hard time forgetting things they've been hurt by in the past. But men also have the same problem too. And so I want to minister a sermon that I've called the trash can. And I want to preach on how you and I must throw things away that come into our mind. So I want to read here in the book of Philippians. Are you there? Chapter 3, verse 13 says this. I'm not there, amen. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 says this. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forward to those things which were ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I'm preaching a sermon called The Trash Can. Let's pray. Father God, I pray, Lord God, that you would minister. Lord God, a word due in season. Open the hearts of every man and woman in this place. Minister, Lord God. Touch people, Lord God, right now, Lord God, that they would have an open heart to hear your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The trash can. The first thing I want to talk about is the art of throwing away. Hear the Apostle Paul as we read this. He is talking, and I'll read this again to you. He says, Brethren, I do not count myself to be apprehended, but one thing I do, I forget those things which are behind, and I reach forward to the things that are ahead. See, Paul had a uniqueness about him. He was a specialist, and what Paul specialized was he had a single purpose. And his purpose, it says there in verse 15, I'm sorry, in verse 14, he says, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Listen to me. I know that, that there's many people here, but listen, there's something about having a single goal and a single purpose that you will be able to accomplish things in that. You know what the, one of the most powerful things in the world is? Laser beams. You know why they're so powerful? You know, back in the day, they used to have the lasers. What we'll do to measure something is that a laser beam is concentrated light. That it is focused in one direction, going one way. And that's why you see the red laser beam. But also, I remember reading a story about a mountain that had been moved. And what they used was water pressure, just water. You know, when you have rain, when rain comes down, it does nothing. It causes some type of erosion. Water will begin to decay. But when water is concentrated and moving in one direction, it has the ability to cut and literally demolish things. Did you realize that? And so water that is concentrated, that is in one direction, that has one purpose, has the ability to cut. Listen, there's people here. Listen to me. You're going to have to find a purpose in your life. Why a lot of times we don't push forward in our lives, a lot of times why we don't see what God or we don't see what we want in our lives through God, it's because we don't have a single purpose. We have a purpose over here. We have a purpose over there. We have a purpose here. And it's not not concentrated you're not goal oriented and what happens you will never accomplish anything you know what the downfall is a lot of times that women are multitasking amen how many women have the ability and you know what 
you really have the ability to multitask. I didn't think that was true as I began to read this book, that women, the way they think, they think in compartments. They have the ability to think about this and think about that and think about this, where men do not think like this. Men are one-track mind all the time. If they think about too many things, they get stressed out and they say, forget it, I don't want to think about it. When your husband comes home and you see him there looking, staring out into nothingness, and you say to him, honey, what are you thinking about? Nothing. No, really, what do you think about? No, really, he is thinking about nothing. He has the ability to do this. See, God made your husband to have the ability to have a one-track mind, a one purpose, because that's why God put in men, that men would fulfill the will of God, and they would have a purpose and say, this is my goal, this is what I want to accomplish. This is why when men, when they get a certain age, usually it's 40 years old. Hello, I'm getting 40 real soon here. That's not why I changed the, my hair, if you're wondering. But... <laughs> I got, you know, the reality, most men will get to, when they're 40 years old, they'll get to a point where they've accomplished all that they can accomplish. And what they'll do is they'll begin to trade their wife in for a newer one. If you've seen this before, this is what they'll do. They'll do that. You know why they do that? Because they're getting to a point where they've reached all the goals in their life and they have nothing else to go forward. Thank God being a Christian has goals. You know, we have a goal, and it's at the end, and our goal is eternal life, beloved. But listen, women, sometimes you can have so many different things going on, and your mind is going all over the place, and you have no single purpose, and you're not accomplishing. But Paul had the ability to have one purpose, one goal, and to accomplish that. The second thing we understand about Paul, it's not that he was also had a single purpose, but his purpose was altogether worthy. Again, I read that scripture again in verse 14. I press towards the goal, the prize, the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Listen to me. You becoming a Christian is a worthy goal. If you're wondering in your life, what's the goals of my life? Your goal should be, I make heaven my home. Friend, you can make all the money in the world. You can have all the friends. You can accomplish everything you want. What good is it at the end of your life, you do not make heaven your home? What good is it if you don't enter the pearly gates? You can do everything right, but at the very end, if you do not press in, you will not make heaven your home. What good of all the life you lived if you cannot do your one purpose? And see, Paul had a purpose that was worthy. But listen, beloved, not only did Paul set himself to one purpose, he went on about achieving the purpose in a most wise and intelligent way. You know why? He made this best possible use of a trash can or a wastebasket. You know Paul had the ability to throw things away. And some of you don't have that ability. Paul had the ability to get life and throw things away in his life. And I want to look at some things that we do. But listen, beloved, before we talk about this, because look what he says. He says, I press towards the goal for the prize and the upward call of God, Christ Jesus. But before that, he says, look, I do not count myself to be have or happy in it, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to the things which are ahead. Listen, beloved. Every one of us 
have to do something. You know, every one of us, you know, one of the things I do every, uh, every day I try to do, I try to do this. And some of you women do the same thing. Some of you men do this. I have a work truck. And at the end of the day, you know what I do? I get my truck and I get it all in order. I put everything in order. I throw away trash. It's been there for a couple days. I try to clean it out and so that I get things in proper perspective. You ever do this? Do you have a desk at home? I have a desk at home. I have a desk here. And once in a while, especially my desk here, every six months I'll get to my desk and I'll look at my desk and I say, okay, what can I keep and what can I throw away? And as I look through my door, I try to get things in proper perspective. But you ever been somewhere, everything's chaotic, everything's a mess. My wife is, trust me, she, the way she thinks, everything has to be in proper perspective. Everything has to have its place. If it's not, she, her mind is all over the place. She can't stand it. And so she makes us clean our room, amen? And we have to put everything in proper order, put things up, because that's the way we are. Guess what? You have to do this with your life. There's points in your life where you have to begin to put things in proper order, throw away things that are not needed, keep things that are. So before I talk about throwing away things into our trash can, I want to talk about what things we don't throw away. What don't we throw away, as Paul begins to write? The first thing I want to talk about, you ever been searching inside your, your desk and you find bills? Some of you throw those away. Let me help you. If those bills don't get paid, guess what? They don't get paid. If you purchase something and you bought it, but you're not paying it back, is stealing. I know the debt collectors are calling, and you tell the kids, don't answer that phone. Who is it? Oh, I know that number, one Don't answer that phone. And if you're running from those collectors, listen to me. Those are things that we should not throw away. We should not throw away our responsibilities. Every one of you have a responsibility. You should not throw that away. Some of you teenagers, you get your homework, you throw it away. That's what you tell your teacher or your kids. The dog ate it. You ever heard that one before? I, I remember actually one of my kids telling me the dog really did eat their homework. The reality is that, listen to us, we cannot throw certain things away. There's things in our life that we must keep and we must take care of. You know, there's things in our life. There's pledges you've made to God. There's vows that you have made. You know, I've married people many times and they say those vows. And listen to me, you can't take those vows lightly. When you say certain things, God is holding you accountable and you must not throw those things away. There's things in your life you must not throw away. You must not throw the will of God away in your life. You must not throw away what God has put upon your heart. The other thing, even though we must keep some things, we also do some other things. We must forget things that have been wrong to us. Listen to me. I believe there's some... Of you. Let, me take, let me take this back. There's some of you that need to apologize for wrongs that you have done. You know what the best healing is for people? You know, there's things that you can do to people that you need to make right. One of the part of Christianity is making things right with people. How many times I've seen Christians that are serving God and God has saved them, but they have not made things right with people. There is family members that you have to make it right. Pastor, you don't realize the pain they inflicted on me. You don't realize what they've done to me. The question is not what they've done to you. The question, have you made it right with them? 
That one of the things we must not throw away is things that we have caused, problems we have caused to people. I remember reading a story about a man that was preaching a sermon, and in that service, there was a rich bachelor that was there, and he began to talk about going back and making things right. And this man was in the service, got so convicted, went to go make things right with a woman that he had an affair with when he was very young. But this woman had passed away. And what happened was she had two children that were put in orphanages. So he went to the orphanage. And as he went to the orphanages, because when you put a child in an orphanage back in the day, they weren't going to live. The girl had passed away, but the, 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 the child of that woman had lived, the, the son. So she, he goes to that and says, how would you feel if you were able, if ever got to meet the man who hurt your mother? She says, I don't know. He says, how would you feel if you ever met your father? He says, I don't know. And he says, well, I'm your father. And he began to embrace his son. He took his son out of the orphanage, and he made it right. When he got his heart right with God, he went to go get his heart right. Even though she was dead, he got it right with that woman. Listen to me. There's people here, you still haven't got things right with people. There's things you don't understand what they've done. You've never verbally said something with your own mouth. I need to make this right. You know what? You did this to me, but I forgive you. You must not throw those things away. See, Paul's not asking us to forget the kindness that's been shown to us during years past. You know, some of you, there's people here, God has done some kind things to you. People have done good things for you. But you know what happens a lot of times? We forget the good things that people do for us. Did you realize that? You know what? Let me say something. Husband, you can forget the things your wife does for you. Very easily you can forget. And how many times I deal in counseling where a husband forgets all that the wife does, all that a... Listen, child, you can forget all what your parents have done for you. All they have sacrificed, all the things they have done. And once in a while, it's more than just Mother's Day and Father's Day that you should show appreciation to people that have blessed you and have done things for you, that have gone out of their way from you. See, there's sometimes we don't forget those type of people, but sometimes in our lives we're so distracted, we get so busy and doing all these different things, we forget all the things that people, good things that people have done for us, we forget them. We cannot forget all the good that the things that people have done for us. We cannot forget all the good that people have done within our lives. You can't forget also the mercy of God that came to you. You know, listen to me. If you're saved today, if you've accepted Jesus Christ, you need to thank God for that mercy that he has given you. Because listen, beloved, we don't deserve that mercy we don't deserve his grace, but we need to thank God we have it. So look, I want to talk about now, there are some things that you and I can afford to throw away. Do you realize that? There are some things this, evening, this, this morning that you have the ability and you have the need to throw them away. I'm going to ask you. I would advise you to throw away whatever wrongs you may have suffered within your life. Some of you have suffered some things from people. Or you've suffered things in general. You have to throw those away. Why do you keep them? 
Why do you keep things that have been wrong to you? Why do we still hold on to things that someone has done to us many years ago, sometimes many years ago, and we hold on to those things, and we still hold on to them? When you see them, instead of throwing it into the trash can, you keep that thing that has been done wrong to you. How many times I deal with people, how many times I pray for people who are suffering in their body just because they hold on to something. You know, one thing I love to hold on to, though, you know, somebody will hold on to a letter that, you know, it's like bitter. You know, I remember I've had some bitter letters written to us. Amen. You know what I do with that? Crumble that letter, throw it in the trash. But you know what I like to hold on to? It's my daughter, Raven. She writes me love letters. And when I'm feeling sorry for myself, because I do feel sorry for myself at times, I go one of those letters, and I look at that letter that she wrote to me, and it makes me feel good about myself. You know, you should keep those type of letters. You know, you, hey, bro, when's the last time you wrote your wife a love letter? I text her. I told her I love her, man. That's good enough. And when's the last time you wrote a love letter to your mother, to your father? Thank you. Thank you for what you do. And and you don't know what it does to people sometimes, the encouragement that it will bring to someone, especially when they're going through it. I tell you, man, I thank God for those letters. She thinks I don't do much with them. But any time they write me, I put them in there and feeling bad for myself, just kind of pull it out. Okay, at least someone loves me, amen, and I put it right back in there. She actually gave me a, a, a stack of cards, 50 cards, with something nice to say on every one of them. So every day I can look at one to make me feel good about myself. See, we keep those things and we throw away the things that don't, don't do anything for you. We love to hold on to things that we have suffered. We have to let things go, Beloved. We'll look at this, that as we enter into tomorrow, you can afford to throw away the record of your past failures and blunders and mistakes. You know another thing we need to throw away? Our past mistakes and failures. Yes, we must not hold on to what's been done to us, but how many of us here hold on to mistakes blunders and things that we have done many years ago, and we still hold on to that day? I could have been a contender I could have been this. I could have been that. And you're still holding on to what you could have been. Some of you say, oh, I should have went to school. I could have been a doctor, but look at me now. And you're still stuck in this life because you failed maybe in the past or you've made a mistake and you still hold on to that mistake. To this day, you're still holding on. You you may look at me, "Mm, I'm fine. And nothing's fine with you because you still hold on to that. You're still looking back into your failure, all the blunders you've made, and you still hold on to those things. Paul says, throw those things away because they're doing nothing for you. I remember reading a story about a a woman who was in church, and what happened was her son committed a crime. And so she did, and, and, and she began to look at her son, and she began to say, began to hate her life. She goes, I was a failure of a mother. I should have been a better mother. If I was a better mother, my son wouldn't have been in jail. Listen to me. Your children will make their own choices. Okay? doesn't matter. You could be the best parent in the world. Give your life and sacrifice for them. Do everything you want. They still ultimately are going to have to make their own choices and decisions. 
But here's this woman who maybe she made some bad choices. Maybe she, because you know what I've seen a lot of times with single mothers? And that's why I, I, I always say, you know what, single moms, we pray for you. We, we thank God for you, but we pray for you. You know what single mothers is? Either they're too soft or they're too hard. One or the other. That's why you need a husband. That's why you need a father in the home, because a father brings discipline. You know, your father should bring discipline into the house. Because a mother will discipline her children. You know how she disciplines her children? Through her emotions. See, your son will do something, right? And as soon as that mother sees what he's done, he's done it to hurt me. Right? Your son or your daughter will do something, and the next thing you know, the mom will take it a totally different way. Right? Your son or daughter make a bad grade. Your mom, you, the mother will take it personal. Well, they don't love me. They're not doing the best they can. And it's them. It's personal. But the dad is like, oh, no, he just, he just plain dumb. You know what I mean? Dad has no connection with the child in that way. Because a mother and a woman thinks with their emotions, and they're thinking emotion. That's why when you, you correct a child that's not yours, that's why mama bear comes out, because their emotions are connected to that child. That's why it's good that the husband, the father, disciplines their children, because he's able to distinctive his feelings to what's right and wrong. Husband, father, discipline your children. You're your responsibility to take care of your home. It's your responsibility to be able to, to bring right decisions because your wife, she makes decisions and choices based on her feelings. But beloved, I've seen this woman here. She leaves the church. Instead of getting it right and saying, yes, I failed. I made some mistakes. But I need to go on. She stayed in that mistake. And she lives in that mistake to this day. I believe there's people here, you've made some mistakes, you've had some failures, and you have not thrown away. And there is the old sin. You know, a lot of times we've had sin in our lives. What are you going to do about that fact anyway? Maybe some of you spend your life in sin. And you come to church, and you're, you've been in sin, you say, you know what, there's no way that God can, let, God can forgive me. There's some of you who've done some things and you look at your life you're saying, there's no way. And you hold on to that sin. Maybe you've spent your life in sin. You know what? You need to throw away that sin. Listen to me. I'm going to be honest with you here, beloved. You cannot be right with God and live in sin. That's very clear. Don't, 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 don't. I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you, beloved. You can't be in sin and be right with the living God. But if you have sin in your life this morning, throw it away. If you have an old sin, throw it away, especially if you've repented from your sins. If you've asked God to forgive you, throw that sin away. Hey, God's forgiven you. But most of us are still holding on to the sin that we've committed, and God says, I don't even remember the sin you've done. Because we have the ability to hold on to things and not throw them away. You know what Paul also did? Paul also forgot himself. Now, I'm not saying throw yourself away. But that's, we do sing a song, I give myself away. I give myself away. What do you think that means? Some of you sing that song, but you don't know the words that it's singing. It's saying that I forget myself. I'm not thinking about myself, but I'm thinking about him. 
There's one thing we need to do once in a while is forget about ourselves. You know, a lot of times we think about ourselves gets ourselves in trouble. It's always about us. You know, the Holy Trinity, me, myself, and I. And if you're not careful, if you don't throw yourself out sometimes, you hold on to that, it's going to hurt you. Now, I want to look at looking forward. Now, I talked about this in the very beginning. Women have a hard time forgetting. Amen? Especially if a woman's been hurt emotionally. Because women, that's the difference. You know men and women are different? Very different. Oh, yes. I don't care if you're a lesbian or a dyke. You're different. You ever seen the lesbians? You know, they, act, they look like dudes, right? They're not dudes. I don't care how tough they think they are, but they have matching shoes, matching accessories. They're women. As much as they try to find us, oh, Lord, you're, you're doing exactly. You think you don't act like a dude, but you're not a dude. You're still a woman. Because you still look accessorized. You still care about how you Dudes don't really care all the time. Men don't care. Some of you men, you don't even accessorize. You know what I mean? You're saying, oh, this is even mad. You don't care about that. Women are totally different from men. They're so unique in their nature. I'm telling you, when I look at my wife, I'm like, she's so different than me. I mean, way different than the way I think. That's why a lot of times you get in confrontation with your spouse or you get in confrontation because you're totally, do, do, listen, you do really think differently. And God made you that way for a reason. That's why my daughters are so much different from my boys. I look at them and I can tell right off the back how different they are. You know, my daughter Jazzy, she's so nurturing. She's such a, there's something within her that's loving and nurturing. You know, she's always offering the boys, do you want anything to eat? And she'll make them some food and she'll do that. My boys don't care about that. That's the last thing on their mind. The first thing on their mind is I want to eat and I want to eat food now. They're not thinking about you or me. They just want that food. But our, my daughters, the first thing they think, well, how can we uh, accommodate everyone else? Because that's the way women think. One of the parts of women's makeup is their emotional memory, where they have a hard time letting go. You know, I feel for some of your women here. I understand now. A lot deeper. As more I serve God, the more I have been married for over 21 years. Uh, I, now that I have daughters, I, I look at them, I say, you know what? I understand women better now. I still don't understand you completely, but I understand you better now than I've ever understood you. Why? Because God has made you a certain way. Men, you have to be sensitive in that area. But how do we forget? Because it's one thing to push forward, but how do you and I forget? You know, you ever read the story of the two tales of two cities? And in this story, it talks about a man named Sidney Carton. Sidney Carton was a selfish man, self-centered all the way to the bone. And he only thought about himself. But one day, there's taken a man to the guillotine, and he stands in the gap for this man. And he stands in the gap for this man. Listen to me. He says he goes to the guillotine. And in this book it says he has a peace about himself because the first time he thought about someone else before he thought about himself. 
See, the reality of this, beloved, it's hard to forget. Amen? It is hard to forget. It's hard to let go. But how do we do it? Let's look at what Paul says. Paul says, Do not count myself to be apprehended, but one thing I do, I forget those things which are behind, reach forward to the things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize, the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Listen, beloved, there's one thing we both can do here, man and woman, is that we need to understand that Jesus Christ is ahead of us. Do you hear me? We need to begin to understand there's something better ahead of us that lays ahead of you. You know what that is? That's eternal life. You may be going through things right now, but let me tell you something. Some of you, you live today. You live for now. Listen to me. It doesn't matter now. It matters down the road. When you die. When we stand before the living God. Listen to me. There's things you can do right now, and I'm going to tell you that what we need to do is we need to begin to look at Jesus. When you begin to look at Jesus in your life, look at the future, and understand that eternity is ahead of us, I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what you're going through. It will get you through it. Some of you are going through some things. Some of you have uh, gone through some bad things. Some of you are going through things as we speak. You need to throw those things away this, this morning and say, I have a goal towards Jesus Christ. I have life more than now. And the last thing that we do, there's a home ahead of us. We don't have to have Jesus Christ ahead of us. We just have eternal life ahead of us. We have a home. Now, how many of you love going home? Don't you? I mean, okay. Some of you don't like going home. I understand. You came from a bad, broken home. But some of you don't, didn't come from a bad, broken home. I love going home to mama or grandma. You know why? Every time I go to grandma's house, you know what she's going to do? She's going to put tortillas in the... I shouldn't be eating them, but she puts them on there. She goes, Mijo, come in. I haven't seen you. What do you want to eat? And that's the first thing she goes, oh, thank God, Grandma. And she'll put me down. She'll sit me down, and she'll feed me, and, and she makes me feel like I'm her little grandson again, right? You ever have that? Your grandma's like that? No, my grandma's like that, you know. And I love going home to go see her, and I love the warmth that I feel there. And I say, you know, there's no place like coming home. I could be going through a bad day, and everything's against me. But when I go home, it's like, man... It's embracing my grandmother and being there in the house with her. It's a wonderful feeling. Listen to me. We have a home in heaven. If that feels like that on earth, how much more is that going to feel when I die? And when I go into the loving arms of our living God and he embraces me and he calls me son, thy faithful and he says, thy faithful servant, son. That's what I live for, beloved. I don't live for now. Some of you are living for now. You're living so that you can get your next paycheck for next week. Listen, there's something more to live for than now. There's something more to live for than the next iPhone. It's called living for God and knowing that one day that we'll walk through the pearly gates and he'll say, welcome home. How many of you want to go home? Listen to me. Sometimes I want to go home too soon. But the reality is I'd rather be home with a living God. And we can be there this 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 morning, but you got to throw some things away. Like every head bow and every eye close. There's a home ahead of us, beloved.
There's nothing like being in a loving house. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. I want to encourage you. There is a loving Father in heaven that's calling you back home, that's waiting for you, that wants you back. Maybe you're here and you're saying, Pastor, I'm not right with God. I don't know where to go when I die. I don't know. Listen, because of sin in my life, it's going to keep me from God. Listen, beloved, sin doesn't have to keep you this morning. You can throw away that sin. Maybe some of you here are dealing with sins of the past, things you've done wrong. Some of you, listen, I'm going to say this right here. There's some